Say, Pastor, you ought to have a hallelujah anyhow. Hallelujah in spite of. When they bring you bad news, hallelujah. When they tell you you ain't going to make it, hallelujah. When it doesn't, hallelujah. Does anybody have a hallelujah in it? We bless the Lord in here. Put those hands together one more time and give God a praise. We bless him. We bless him on this morning. We can do better than that. I believe God wants to do something in your life this morning. Hallelujah. If you can just help me out, I just need a little bit more on the mic if you can, if you can. Hallelujah. We just thank the Lord for being back in the house again. We just bless the Lord for 
Uh, the pastor, Pastor Daniel Flewellen, and his lovely wife, amen. And I just want to thank the Lord for St. Paul Believers holding this church family. Come on, let's give it up for St. Paul, amen. For all of the hospitality that you guys shown unto us up until this time, we thank the Lord for each and every one of you for even allowing us to come this way. And this has been a joy and a privilege. Hallelujah. We just thank the Lord for everyone under the sound of my voice, the ministerial staff here, everyone that traveled with me, and all of you that came out to fellowship in the Word of God on this morning, because there is a Word. And I thank the Lord for my wife being with me here on this morning as well. And I thank most of all that the Holy Ghost is resting in the building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is here. Somebody shout, he's here. He's here. He's here. There is a word from the Lord. I will be sharing with you this morning from uh, St. Matthew chapter 14. St. Matthew chapter 14. Draw your attention, if you would, to verses uh, 13 through 20. Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 20. We just ask that you would rest your seats just for a moment. St. Matthew, 14th chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. And it reads, when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave. He blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. For a thought on the side of the morning, I will leave it with you. I've learned how to speak well of it all. I've learned how to speak well of it all. You will get that in the parking lot. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't need you to miss it this morning. I don't need you to miss it this morning. I've learned how to speak well. Somebody say, speak well of it all. We begin to look at the text. We 
uh, see that uh, Jesus often uh, went into seclusion to escape the distractions. We know that there can be some distractions in our lives. And one thing I love about the Lord, he did not always get caught up in the crowd. He, he, even though there were uh, many people that sought after him because of what the Lord was doing in his life, he did not allow that to get him off of focus. Because even though Jesus was one that said he would leave the 99 and go after the one, uh -huh, he did not allow the crowd to get him off focus. So we see him often going into seclusion. And in the text here, we see that he left out of the city and he went into a desert place, a desert place. Understand what was going on in the city. This was during the time that after uh, John the Baptist was beheaded and he was killed. So now there was so much uproar and so much uh, political uprising going on in the city along with uh, religion and everything. Cause, uh, they were talking about Jesus and, and saying that this was uh, John the Baptist coming back to life and things of that nature. But Jesus had to get away from that because he had no part to do with that because his ministry did not involve it. So we see that he went into a desert place and understand that a lot of times our desert experience can show that God will bring latter rain. I need to park right there for a moment. A lot of us, if the truth be told, all of us have had desert experiences. We have been in places in our life that we felt that things were not going to change. We have been in places in our lives that we felt that we were not going to make it. We've been in places in our lives that we felt that people has pushed us aside. And we've been in places in our lives that seem like no one cared. You understand? Pleasant places are always a good place at the first part, but for the overall part, God allows us to go in desert places for our growth. Understand something. You may say, well, Pastor, how can that be so? Because I believe and I know that a lot of things can't grow in the desert. Yes, I understand. But as we go through the text, I'm going to let you know that God can bless you here. Come on, say it, somebody. God can bless you here. Understand something that as Jesus went in to the desert, the Bible said that a great multitude of people followed him. Understand people, like I said the other night, will follow you if you're walking in faith. Uh, I understand people were looking for something different. People were looking for something they can grab hold to. People were looking for something that will go give them some sustainability of life. And the life was in the word. And this is what Jesus possessed. You understand. And Jesus often resorted to a desert place. And it reminds me, Pastor, of when after Jesus was baptized and the Bible said that uh, the Holy Ghost descended from heaven like a dove and rested upon him. And even before Jesus did the first miracle, even before he did anything, there was a testimony from the father that said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. But right after that, the Bible said that the spirit drove him into the wilderness. 
understand something. It wasn't man, it wasn't the devil, but the spirit drove him into the wilderness or the desert place. Understand your desert place is the place is where you're going to get to learn God. Your desert place is the place where you're going to get to understand what God is doing in your life. So before you pray yourself out of the desert place, ask the Lord, Lord, what am I to learn while I'm here? Ah, some of us don't like that. All of us want to get delivered quickly. All of us want to just not go through anything. We just want the Lord to have his have his way in our life. But we don't know what we got to go through to get what God has for us. So now we see here that when the multitude followed Jesus into the desert, we see that the, the apostles was there with him as well. And that he had a compassion on everyone. And he began to heal them. In other words, there was a great revival going on. There was a great camp meeting going on. Understand, Jesus was not preaching and teaching, but he was laying hands on all of them that were sick and diseased. I see the picture now. I can imagine now that in there in the desert, everybody's coming and pressing toward Jesus. And, and he is constantly ministering. He's constantly pouring out. And now the disciples are looking around because nobody is asking them to do anything. I don't need you to miss it now. Don't miss it. Look at somebody and say, don't miss the assignment. Don't miss the assignment. Don't miss the assignment. We know how it is sometimes uh, when we're walking or we're following a man or woman of God. Uh, and anointing is on them and God is using them tremendously and God is pouring them out pouring out on them. And oftentimes we're asking God, Lord, when is going to be my time? Lord, when are you going to use me? But instead of worrying about when God is going to use you, you want to look around and see what is needed. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You need to look around and see what, what is needed. In other words, Lord, what is next in course for this ministry? God, what is next? What is needed, God, next? What, what is going to happen next after this, God? So now everybody is looking around, and now the disciples are going to Jesus and saying, Lord, send the multitude away. Understand something here. I don't believe the multitude was complaining. I don't believe that nobody came and told the disciples and said, Jesus is keeping us out here too long. I don't believe nobody came and said, we're ready to go and there's no place to buy, no food. I, I believe that the disciples, they looked around because they were just sitting idle, just looking. They were not being used. At least they thought they wouldn't. But they missed the assignment. So now because they're missing the assignment, now they're getting out of the flow of the anointing. Ah, understand something here. So now they have the audacity to go to Jesus and ask Jesus to send the multitude away. And the reason they want this Jesus to send the multitude away is so that they can go and buy something to eat. I'm so glad that Jesus knows everything. Because the Bible said that he said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out the mouth of God. I believe that God said that Jesus came to save those that were sick and of disease. I believe Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 that the the Spirit of the Lord is upon 
me because he has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives, to set the captives free, amen, out of the open blinded eyes. This is what Jesus was doing. But the disciples missed the assignment. Understand something here has they're in the desert place. They come to Jesus and ask Jesus, Lord, send the multitude away. They can go and buy them something to eat. Uh, they're worrying about the wrong thing because now they're tired uh, of ministry. Oh, got to watch this here. They're tired because Jesus is still working, uh, but they are ready to go. I'm going to say that again. They're tired. Jesus still ministering, but they are ready to go. I believe that as long as Jesus kept on preaching, they would have stayed there. I believe as long as Jesus would have kept on healing, they would have stayed right there. But here are the apostles saying, send them away because we're not being used right now. The spotlight ain't on us right now. But we want them to go and get something to eat. But Jesus said, no, you ain't getting off that easy. You give them something to eat. Somebody shout, what you need is right here. What you need is right here. What you need is right here. Jesus said, they need not depart. Give them ye something to eat. And the disciples look among themselves. And they said, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. Understand something. I believe that this here is shared in all of the four Gospels. So I believe it gives a testament of how true it is and to the validity of what Jesus did and what happened. But one thing that Matthew leaves out, Matthew doesn't say where the five loaves and the two fish came from. But I believe in John's Gospel. John said that there was a young man here, a little boy that had five loaves two fish. We need to understand something. There is a generation that's walking around now that has what we need, but they can't be used until we call on They can't be used until we call on them. They can't be recognized until a need arises. It's cold because if it had not been for the desert place, and if it had not been for them getting out of place, Jesus would not have showed them where they could be used in their ministry. You need to understand something. God is enough God for all of us. And the Bible says that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the protecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. In other words, there's enough work for all of us. So when Jesus told them to bring what you have to me, and if you don't mind, I'm going to get ready to start preaching here. The Bible says that when they brought the five loaves and the two fish to Jesus, I don't need you to miss the top 
happy here. But the next thing that he did, Jesus told the multitude to sit down on the grass. But the problem that I have with this text is that they're in a desert place. And how can grass grow in a desert? I understand now that in some deserts, you have some shrubs that grow in certain deserts. I understand in some deserts, you have some greenery that grow. But the text said he told them to sit down on the grass. In other words, they were going to sit down in a comfortable place. They were going to sit down in a place that was already prepared. But I'm here to let some folk know why you're worrying about how you're going to make it. Why you're worrying about what God is going to do. God has already worked it out right under your feet. All you got to is trust and believe. And why are you trying to figure it out? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I look at Jesus, the Bible says after he commanded them to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up toward heaven and he blessed it. Can I park here for a moment? When I looked up the word blessed, we always talk about God, I want you to bless me. God, I want you to bless me. Am I going? in and by coming out God I want you to bless me in everywhere I go in, in everything that I do but sometimes we fail to realize that what God has already given us we are blessed already you better be thankful for what you already have you may not have everything that you want but you want to thank God anyhow you may not be able to go where you want to go, but you want to thank God anyhow. You may not be who you want to be, but you want to thank God anyhow. You may not be in the best health, but you want to thank God anyhow. And I believe that when Jesus took the bread and he looked up toward heaven and the word blessed, when I looked at it in the Greek, it's a Greek word that we pronounce it eulogetos is where we get our word eulogy from. And when I hear about the word eulogy, it's about a funeral. And one thing about a eulogy, or one thing about a funeral, people don't speak bad about nothing. They always speak well. They always talk good. They always thank God for the life that was lived. So I'm here to let some folk know all you need to do is thank God or speak well of what you already have. You need to learn how to speak well of it all. I don't care what it look like. I don't care what it feel like. You need to learn how to eulogize it. You need to learn how to speak well of it. That's what a eulogy is. Speak well of a dead situation. It may not be what I want, but I'm going to speak well. It may not be enough money, but I'm going to speak well. It may not be what I need it to be, but when I lift it up, I'm going to speak well. But watch this. When Jesus spoke well of the bread and of the fish, the Bible says he gave it to the disciples. It still looked like 
five loaves and two fish. But as they begin to walk, somebody say, you need to walk it out. You need to learn how to walk it out. You need to learn how to walk like it's already good. The Bible says we walk by and not by sight. The Bible lets us know in the book of John, chapter 2, there was a wedding at Cana. And the Bible says they ran out of wine. You need to know that wine is symbolic to the joy of the Lord. And what good is there being in fellowship with the Lord without joy? They ran out of wine. But Jesus said, Jesus is there, and they ran out of wine. And the Bible says that Mary told him, Look here, Mary. Or Mary told Jesus, Look here, my son. They ran out of wine. And Jesus told him, Bring me six water pots full of nothing but water. Jesus didn't mix nothing, Jesus didn't shake nothing. Jesus told him to dip. In other words, dip and go and serve and while they were on the way it all returned to what they needed to be i don't know who i'm preaching to but god told me to tell you all you need to do is walk like it's already done you don't need to try to figure it out you don't need to look at it all you need to do is move like it's already done so they said you couldn't get up just try to get up so they said you couldn't lift your hand but try it they said you weren't gonna make it just try to look like you mean they said you don't have a job on monday get dressed anyhow like you've got a job but as i get ready to take the seat the bible says and when they took the bread and took the fish they fed 5,000 men beside women and children. I believe that Jesus fed about 15,000 people that day. And look at this. They still had enough left over for them. You don't need to worry about what God is going to do. God will put it in your hand. He will allow you to work it. And you will still have something left over. All you need to do is learn how to speak well of it all. Look at the Shunammite, the Shunammite woman. Elisha came to her. She built a house for Elisha. And the Bible says that the woman prayed for her son. And the son died. And the father took the son back to the mother. The mother didn't cry. She didn't make a fuss. She took the child and laid him on the bed of the prophet. And she told her husband, send a servant. Send me a donkey. And we're going to see the man of God. I'm a prophesying somebody. I don't know what your state is today, but you're on your way to see the man of God. And God got a word just for you. And as he was on the way, the Bible says she told her servant to slack, don't you stop 
And don't you throw up just for me. You need to understand. You can't let nothing get in your way of your deliverance. You can't let nothing stop you from what God is about to do in your life. You can't let a word from the devil. You can't let family or friends get in your way. But you need to let go and let God. And when the woman got to Elisha, she grabbed hold to Elisha. And Elisha gave her a word that was going to deliver her son. I don't know who this is for. But God said you grabbed hold on him this morning. And because you're here at St. Paul, 63 Thomas Street. And because you're watching, after 67 years of faithful service, God said, I'm about to visit in your house. All you need to do is learn how to speak well of it all. Paul said in the Philippians chapter 4, Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, think on these things. When the devil try to make me doubt, I got a God that says this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers out of them all. David said, I was young and now I'm a little old, but I never see the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You may not be saved today, but one thing about it, you are the seed of the righteous, and you think you brought yourself this far. Honey, let me tell you something. You hear today by somebody else praying. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, somebody prayed for you. Somebody, somebody. I've learned, I've learned, I've learned. I, I've learned how to speak well of it all. Put those hands together and give God up. I've learned. Paul said, Whatsoever state I'm in. I've learned how to be content. I believe that Paul was here. The reason he can say God is with contentment as much gain is because I've been there. I don't know what it's like to not know where my next meal coming from. And I also know what it's like to have more than what I need. But in all things, I give thanks to God. Is there anybody praising here today? You ought to bless him. It ain't about you. It's about God. Watch this. Also, God gave me this to give you too. God said you need to bear it. The things that have been trying to hold you back. Some of y'all are still holding on to old relationships. Some of y'all are still holding on to past hurt.
God said, eulogize it. Today we bear in it. For as much as it is, please God, it is all wise providence to take out of this old world everything that I've heard about. Who the hell is that? We thereby commit back to the earth. What the hell? Ask the ashes, dust to dust. And I'm looking toward the resurrection. Look at somebody and say, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to my getting up. Because you're coming out of what you hear. Y'all better praise. Y'all better praise them in here. Look at somebody and say, you're coming out of what you hear. You're coming out of what you're in. Ah, you bearing it today. You're utilizing it today. But you still ought to thank God for it. Lord, I thank you for the hurt and the rejection. I thank you for the disappointments. Because it brought me to my desert place. If it had not been for my desert place, I wouldn't know the strength that I had. Before I go into prayer, look at Jesus. 40 days, 40 nights. He was in the wilderness, in the desert. Same thing. When Moses was in the mountain. Also, when the children of Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years. Watch the revelation. But Jesus came out victorious. But before he came out, the same devil that got them to tempt God in the wilderness to complain and doubt was the same devil that showed up to Jesus and said, if you be the son of God, am I in the house? Am I in the word? Command these stones to be made brave. Huh? Jesus took the disciples back to the same place he was tempted to show him, I showed them that if it had not been for my desert experience, I would not know the power that was in me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Sometimes God allow you to go back to where he delivered you from. He would allow you to go back to where he delivered you from. Not to tip you, but to show you where is he that's in you and he that is in the world. Everyone ought to stand on your feet and give him some praise in this house. I've learned how to speak well of it all. In other words, Lord, I thank you. When the devil brings stuff our way to try to get us upset, I try to get us off focus of what God is doing, all we ought to say, Lord, I thank you. You may say, Lord, how can I thank you? Well, things seem like it ain't going right. I got a loved one in the hospital room. I heard the prayer request. The young man that's on life support and another one that's in hospice. But the Bible said, in all things, give thanks. Ah, don't you know thank yous and praise introduces God to your situation?
Sometimes the devil wants you to focus on what you see. And I understand all of us are going to leave here one day. But sometimes we leave here prematurely. Can I go to the word? God said he promised us what? Three score and ten. Anything above that is by reason of strength. The devil comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we may have what? Life and life more. But it does not deliver us from the physical curse of death. It, let me say that again. It does not deliver us from the physical. I didn't say physical curse of death. But he can't touch the eternal spirit of life. Even that God still made a provision that one day when this old body lay down, it will get back up. But in the meantime, why should we go through what we're going through when God has given us the keys to the kingdom? And for that reason, I say, Lord, I thank you for those two names that were mentioned this morning. Because God, it could have been the other way around today. And Lord, I'm praying right now that your will be done. And Lord, I know that you're able to do the impossible. You're able to do above what we can even ask or think. And Lord, I know that you are a miracle worker. Lord God, you brought Mother Carrie from St. John back from hospice. And she's still here today. Lord God, you brought my brother back from life support. He's still here today. And Lord, if you did it for them, I know you can do it for them as well. If it be thine will. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you because heaven is open right now. And Lord God, you heard the prayers that have been requested. The prayers that have been lifted up before your throne right now. And Lord God, we're asking in the name of Jesus that you will begin to pour out a fresh oil right now. A release, oh God, of healing. Healing, oh God, in every aspect, in every area of the lives represented in this sanctuary today. Not only in this sanctuary, oh God, but those that are watching online. Lord God, visit them in their place of need. God, because we know that in all, we know how to give thanks. And Lord God, in giving thanks, Lord God, we're just inviting you in. Thanking you, oh God, for not what already has been done, but God, what you're going to do according to thine own will. Lord God, we thank you for raising them up, God. Lord God, we thank you for bringing them thus far. Lord God, we pray that you will continue to touch them right now, Lord. Those that don't know your God and the pardon of their sins, God, you are ever flowing fountain of salvation. Lord, if they call in your name right now, Lord, you said that whosoever shall call on your name shall be saved. Lord, do it right now. Lord God, visit us, your people, that you might be glorified. Have thine own way. And continue to bless this ministry, God. 
After 67 years of service, God, I pray right now that they will continue to be a light on the hill, a city that cannot be hid. And Lord God, as people pass by on the street, oh God, let it be a drawing. Even when the church doors are closed, let them come right there on the sidewalk and fall to the subject of the Holy Ghost, God, and we thank you for it. We bless you, and we give your name the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.